Greetings and welcome to Worship Matters, a podcast from Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church located in Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. This podcast deals with the intricacies of planning worship each week. I'm Derek Weber, Director of Preaching Ministries. I'm Cynthia Wilson, Worship Executive and Director of Liturgical Resources. And I'm Diana Sanchez-Bouchon, Director of Music Ministries. And during this time of transition from virtual to in-person and hybrid worship, the worship team has endeavored to provide conversations that inspire worship teams and leaders to seize this moment and realize the opportunities before the church, finding ways to help those worshiping with us to re-engage and shape the church we are becoming. So today's conversation is uh, is about what we've done and where we're going and what's happening. It's the end of the year. This is our last one for 2021. And so we're doing what everybody does, you know, top tens and, and looking back and looking ahead. And so we're just here looking back and thinking about what we have done in this space and other spaces for the worship team. So, so Cynthia, what, what have we done regarding liturgy in our podcasts? And hopefully, Derek, we spent some time uh, sharing information and resources that have been helpful to our listeners. I, I think before I really begin to rehearse where we've been, I want to say a special thank you uh, to those who have been uh, riding with us on this journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, these, these podcasts have been such such a, an opportunity for us to get to know you and hopefully for you to get to know us. We are thrilled that you uh, are participating in these conversations. So thank you uh, on behalf of the entire team and Discipleship Ministries. So as we're reminiscing and thinking about past conversations, one that comes to my mind immediately is that of Reverend Brittany Stephan. Brittany's conversation with us provided resources for anti-racism and diversity in the United Methodist Church overall. Uh, Reverend Stefan is an ordained elder from the Indiana Conference, and she currently serves in extension ministry as the director for multicultural vibrancy for the Michigan Conference. And she was a wonderful in sharing with us the work that she's doing within that annual conference around ways in which multicultural um, congregations uh, actually are able to receive pastors uh, in their faith communities uh, and to really begin to understand what it means to be uh, the community of Christ uh, irrespective of context. Uh, it was an invigorating and exciting conversation. Another that comes to mind is uh, Dr. Kim Harris. Mm-hmm. Dr. Harris, um, she is an assistant professor of African-American thought and practice in the Department of Theological Studies at Loyola Marymount University. Uh, Dr. Harris is a liturgist and a composer, but she's especially an expert in spirituals and freedom songs. And she talks to us about the ways in which spirituals infuse energy in liturgy. Uh, Her primary focus throughout her years of research 
has been to highlight the traditions of Black Catholic worship and to inspire efforts toward racial justice and reconciliation. It was a fun conversation. She's such a fabulous artist. Uh, Another one that comes to my mind is uh, the conversation from two guests that sat with us. One, Don Wiggins Hare. Uh, Don is the general secretary of the Commission on Status and Rule of Women for the United Methodist Church, and she has served there since 2013. Uh, Don sat with us along with the Reverend Kevin Smalls, uh, who is a native of Washington, D.C., but who is presently serving as the senior pastor of Hope United Methodist Church in Southfield, Michigan. So that conversation uh, took place just a few days before the national observance of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s celebration. Uh, It was a reflection on the ongoing influence of Dr. King and and the ideals he espoused on worship and and the United Methodist Church's embrace of those ideals, uh, particularly what it really means to worship as the beloved community. Yes. We really appreciated their presence and the contributions that they made to ideas around how it is that we become the beloved community in worship on days other than January 15th. Imagine that. We really appreciated the presence of one of our colleagues here at Discipleship Ministry, the Reverend Brian Tinner, who is the Director of Contextual Evangelism, Community Engagement, and Church Planting for Path One. Reverend Tinner has served the local church out of the Oklahoma Conference, as well as he he served as the Program Director and cultural interpreter for the Oklahoma Indian Missionary Conference, uh, better known as OIMC. You all know how we love acronyms, right? (laughs) Uh, And so our topic for that conversation was the gift and goal of multicultural worship. Uh, And we attempted to answer this burning question. How do we respect cultural identity? How do we recognize and value diversity without acknowledging cultural imperialism? That was an invigorating, fascinating conversation. And so we're grateful to have had the opportunity to sit with our colleagues. So those are a couple of things that we've uh, engaged in. Uh, Derek, uh, Diana, do you want to talk a little bit about what the music pieces have been sure. yes absolutely oh so you know thinking about this whole year of 2021 and the uncertainty of when we were going to be able to gather again mm-hmm. um if we were going to be able to sing again and how what were the protocols you know a lot of churches depending geographically where you are mm-hmm. if you were in a small community they they followed some different protocols and if you're in a big city where people come and go all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But the biggest question was, when are we going to be able to sing again? Right. And how do we do it safely and lovingly for any, the, you know, the person in, in the choir or in the congregation who 
is the most vulnerable. So we have mm-hmm. to consider them. So in March, we did a whole series um, on in-person worship and how do we get ready for right, that. Right. And two of those were, were around music. Um, when Can We Sing Again was one of those. And I had a panel of people from across the country in different contexts and different size churches talking about it. And it was fascinating. I, yeah. I, I love having panel discussions because you just learn so much from other people. Yes. And um, that was a really great one. And we followed that up with another conversation on what have we learned so far as we're moving forward um, from the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're, we're not through it now, but we have learned a lot and we have to take what we learn and move forward. Another one that was similar um, uh, came in July when, again, I, I brought together a lot of my friends <laughs> and to talk about how do you rebuild your church choir? So, you know, uh, earlier in the year, as churches were opening somewhat in limited capacity, they might have a song leader or they might have um, a, an, a small ensemble that would represent the musicians that they normally would have you know, the, the full compliment. But as we were coming into the fall and all of us church musicians know it's time to get ready to uh, tune up all of our choirs, youth, children, adults. Um, and so the question was, how do you rebuild after a year of sitting out, mm-hmm. after a year of not really vocalizing um, in a, in community? And so this panel got together and they talked about it. And we ended up writing a, um, a, an article with all of these uh, practitioners taking a part uh, in writing. And, and then it, it, it's on our website. And it also got published in the last Fellowship Worship Arts magazine. And, uh, and that's, they did a lovely job of putting that into that magazine. So this was really helpful, I think, uh, just to give people something to to consider as they're starting to rebuild their choirs and welcome people back. And, um, and, you know, it's not even so much that you have to do a lot of recruiting. There is always recruiting, of course, in choirs, but everyone was so anxious (laughs) to to be Mm -hmm. singing together again. Um, but again, just learning from each other, what are some of the good practices that we can use and reminding each other that music is ministry and ministry is the bottom line. Yes, we want to make beautiful music and music that, you know, is uh, above and beyond. But that's not always the, the the end goal. The end goal is to be in ministry with one another and yes. to give people comfort and hope. Uh, during this time. And so that was really helpful. Right. Um, So, yeah. And then I had a conversation with um, Raymond Trapp about general conference music, and he was telling us about other things that he's working on in in the New York City area. And um, that was really a fun conversation with him as well. And then, of course, we always have our Advent and Lent podcasts, giving people ideas that uh, unpack a little bit the worship uh, series that we have, but just thinking again through, thinking through what are some different ways we can do uh, those special events of Advent and the special events of Lent um, in a pandemic or in this hybrid place that we are. Right. So, yeah, those were some of my favorites. What do you, what do you got, Derek? Well, what uh, what comes to mind is 
particularly as I listen to the two of you reflect on what we talked about is, is how often we brought in guest speakers or panels. And, and what we discovered is that there's no one right way to do things, <laughs> that it's all very contextual. And, and you have to pay attention to the protocols in your area in terms of the pandemic. Right. And you also have to know what's going to work in your setting and, and what fits there in terms of how to build the choir back or how, how to return to to in-person worship and mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things that we, we couldn't give the definitive answer to most of this stuff, you know, yeah, here's yeah. some ideas that might work in your setting or it might not. And you kind of have to go with the flow with a lot of things and try different things. Yeah. Yeah. Part absolutely. of, part of what we, we want to do and continue to do is, is to provide resources that you then take and use in your local setting uh, and, and use what fits and, don't use what doesn't fit, you know, that mm-hmm. it's a, it's a uh, kind of a menu sort of thing, a buffet, and you grab what's going to be useful to you. And so as we create worship series, as we create teaching pieces, we acknowledge that, that they're not the definitive statements on, yes. on anything, but they're, they're a way to move forward and to maybe ask questions that you haven't been asking. Right. Part of what, what I heard from you, Cynthia, about our anti-racism and our multiculturalism is, is we tend to think that there are those groups who need to do that, but that's not for me. I'm, I'm where I am in my setting, and I'm perfectly content doing that. But, but what we're really trying to do is to say everybody needs to be open yeah. to a new mm-hmm. possibility, Amen. to listen from other cultures, to learn from other cultures. We also forgot in, in, our, in our recitation of guests, we forgot Lydia, Lydia Munoz, who came in the right. resources that she's creating. And she shared Absolutely. some yes. of that with us, too. And mm-hmm. the Pentecost and the whole church. Mm-hmm. That, that's the key. It's for the whole church. And you say, well, we don't have Hispanics or we don't have African-Americans. We're an Anglo church. Yeah. Well, it's time to listen. It's time to grow mm-hmm. and try time to to be fed by other traditions and other ways of worshiping. Not that you have to throw out everything you've been doing, but enhance and add to. Amen. That's that's part of what the conversation about hybrid worship is. Hybrid worship is both virtual and in-person, but it's also multicultural. We're bringing in things from other places. Mm -hmm. Uh, To be open to that. How can we reach more people? You were just saying, Diana, that that the musicians have to remember that we're there for ministry. Yes. And it's not just about pr- producing good music, although mm-hmm. we all want good music. Right. But it's about mm-hmm. ministry. Well, we kind of summed that up uh, a few podcasts ago and talked about what is worship for, and it's for making disciples. That's the ministry. Yes. We're making disciples. Sometimes you do it by encouragement. Sometimes you do it by comforting. Sometimes you do it by poking and prodding and opening people up to, to stuff they haven't yet done. Uh, mm-hmm. we're, in a, we're in a strange time, uh, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. And so some stuff that used to work isn't going to work anymore. And right. time for new things. Right. Yeah, you can't, we, we got to stop thinking that we have to go back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. Um, as much as we, we love the familiar, yeah. it's like we are in on new ground and we've got to keep moving forward and Absolutely. trusting that God's in front of us and leading the way. And so. isn't, isn't that in fact uh, the stuff that this denomination has been built on? Isn't that the foundation <laughs> of this United Methodist church? It's a con- conglomeration of 
transitions and gatherings together of various kinds of ideas and cultures and context mm. and ways of being. Yeah. That's really how we became who we are. As a matter of fact, if we just say the name John Wesley, we <laughs> absolutely hear all of those themes running through the threads of his life and the ways in which he led uh, the formation of this denomination and continuing through um, the various decades. And here we are again, a major mm-hmm. transition, right? Yeah. Here we are again with uh, battling a major pandemic. That These, these are not new things for mm. us as Christians. Right. Um, and certainly not new for us as United Methodists. Mm-hmm. So, but they also... They also don't have to be terrifying things. They can be exciting things, dynamic things. Yeah, mm. it's going to cause us to stretch a little bit. But yes, but let's yes. let's go back even further than John Wesley. Let's go to Isaiah. Behold, I'm okay. doing a new thing. Whoa, that's it's really going back. Thing. It's springing up, and, Come and on, what Reverend. are you going to do about it? <laughs> preach it, there. Preach it. <laughs> Sorry, I get carried away. So we are still in Advent, you know, we as are. we record this. So <laughs> but something's coming. So what, yes. what are we going to do about the something that's coming? Uh, we're going to get on board. We're going to get excited. Part of our choice is how are we going to face all this new stuff? Yeah. Going to face it with resentment and 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 anxiety, or are we going to face it with here's this new thing that God is doing? Let's see what we can do. Let's see who we can make connections with. Yeah. Right, Let's right. Well, we can- and, and I think one of the ways we move forward is also by acknowledging our the grief of this last. Amen. Yeah. Really long year, a year, almost two years. Mm-hmm. And um, which I've said and and uh, Derek uh, uh, acknowledged this feels like one super long year <laughs> right. instead of two. It is like, was that just 2020 was just last year? What? <laughs> but anyway, but the way we move forward, I think, is we have to sit with our grief, too. And the church yeah. needs to have a, a space for us to be able to grieve together. And, and then that, in my perspective, it, that clears the space to then move forward. But we did a three-part series on mm-hmm. grief, which I personally found really helpful. Um, so do y'all want to talk a little bit about that? What was that mean? How was that meaningful for you all? Well, you know, this is the season for really addressing the ways in which uh, folks have experienced loss magnanimous ways that the world has experienced loss. Families and colleagues and friends uh, are not here to be at our various Mm -hmm. tables for this holiday season. So we we had voices to join us to actually talk about ways in which we speak to those things within our faith communities. Um, I know for sure... um, I I just sort of um, I had to really begin to think about uh, the the things that uh, I haven't really dealt with personally mm-hmm. as as a as a, a clergy person and uh, and really pay attention to what I I actually need to do uh, to prepare myself my spirit my body my soul uh, to actually minister to others if I have not mm-hmm. dealt with the ways in which grief has impacted my life, then I might not be as effective 
uh, as uh, I try to minister to others. So that's one of the things that I learned from that series, Diana. Yeah. When I keep hearing Heather Murray Elkins talking about hearing people into life mm-hmm. and, um, and again, sitting with people in their grief and yeah. um, allowing that to be a, a part of who we are because yeah. we, we try to get over our grief, but we, we never get over it. We just learn to live with it and accept it. Yeah. And, but that takes time and that takes community, you know, a loving community to help us with that. Certainly. It's so many different levels, so many different facets of, of grief. You know, grief is grief, but but there is the personal that you were just talking about, Cynthia, and the things that we have to admit to ourselves mm-hmm. uh, in this crazy year or two or however long it's been. It feels like mm-hmm. a century sometimes. Um, but when we gather together again, it'll be a different group because of those who are no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's that, that personal group, but then there's the corporate grief that we, you know, things have changed and they're not the way we used to be. And we, and we do love being settled. We do love knowing what's going to happen, uh, but sometimes you have to let go of that. Um, mm-hmm. and, and doing that together is, is easier to acknowledge that this was a good thing that no longer is, is, is one helpful step you know, of of living with that grief. Yes, yes, yes. And people, people need to grieve together. That's, that's the main thing. You know, we tend to separate ourselves, you know, be back when I'm ready. I heard that as a pastor so many times, when Mm -hmm. I'm ready, I'll be back. I said, you're not going to get ready if you don't come back and get ready with us. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We need the community to pull us through. Amen. 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 Well, moving on, I'm so excited about 2022. Uh, I just, uh, I think we all get excited about a a new year and the possibilities, the hope. Um, And of course, in the Christian year, we're already in the new year. So Derek, you want to talk to us about (laughs) what year are we in? What year are we in? What is this year and what's coming up? It does get confusing, (laughs) partly because our our book of discipline and our book of worship lists the years, but they list the main part of the year. So year C says 2022, but it actually starts in 2021. We're in year C right now, the last of the three. The the Revised Common Lectionary has a three-year rotation, A, B, and C, and we started year C. Um, in it, Actually, the last Sunday in November was the first. So we're in year C, and we'll be that way all the way through into November again of 2022, when we'll start again with year A. So as you're looking at the lectionary list, go to year C. That's that's what we're focusing on now. We're creating series. We're actually trying to be far enough out so that you can do some advanced planning. In mm-hmm. fact, I was just working on the one for the summer. We've got a long series on the profits for July and August. It's been and, a lot of fun. And I have to say, I'm really excited about that one. Um, <laughs> profit margins, you've, you've named it. Yeah. And going through the different profits. And you were saying that even though it's a nine-week series yeah. in the summer, that you've broken it down by different profits. And I mean, that's just gotten my imagination going. So can you say a little bit more about that? Yeah, well, we we took the the Hebrew scripture readings for uh, all of July and all of August, which, as you said, is a nine week series, and you could look at it as one block. And I named it Profit uh, Margins because it's about the profits and and Word. As we're working in Word, keep saying, "Are you sure you spelled that right?" <laughs> profit <laughs> margins. It's supposed to be profit margins. I said, "No, no, that's what I want. Leave me alone." <laughs> 
but you could also, as you as you said, divide it up. The, the first week is Naaman and Elisha and that whole story, and then we go to Hosea and Amos and and Isaiah and Jeremiah. Those are the four other prophets after Elisha. It's and you could look a, at such... them as individual packets dealing that... with those. Um, or, or you could take it as a whole. What is the prophetic word? Mm-hmm. And, and the emphasis is that we are talking about how prophets often work from the margins. We, we think about the center, you know, what's going on in the center, but the prophets mm. are asking us to think about the margins, mm. as in who's being left out, right. as in what are you ignoring, right. as in how do you stretch what Uh-oh. you're thinking and your encompassing is and all of that. And, so and it's Derek, a challenging word. You have you. stopped preaching and gone to meddling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it happens. It happens. I don't get to preach as much. I can tell. <laughs> so it leaks out. <laughs> but, you know, you know what, what I'm excited about, though, with this series is that we get to hear from the minor prophets. You know, we we, yeah. we, we hear from the major prophets all the time, but right. I love the fact that we get to hear those voices coming in uh, to the mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing that you learn, if, if you stick with it and go through this whole series, you'll learn that you can't just lump all the prophets into one pile right? <laughs> because they're right. very different. How Hosea talks versus how Amos talks versus mm. how Isaiah talks. They're all very different. Right. And to hear those different words, even though they have similar themes and connections, um, but they, they have their own voices. Mm-hmm. The other it, exciting it, part about this series is that we have a guest writer for, for mm, the preaching notes. Right. Uh, Kevin Smalls, who you mentioned already, was a part of one of our earlier conversations. He did the writing for the preaching notes, and we were just yeah. putting all of that together. So so it's good to hear from other people from time to time, even though I have lots to say, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> to get out of the way so that somebody else can speak a, a little bit, too. So, So it'll be an exciting series. That's awesome. And um, it seems like this year C and and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just th- this just kind of clicked for me. So we, in uh, Advent, we've heard from Malachi and Zephaniah and mm-hmm. some of some of these, again, right. uh, readings that we don't get in right. your A and B. It seems like in those years, it leans more into the common. Right. Uh, texts and your C seems now, or maybe it's you, Derek, that's picking them. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, it seems like we're going into some uncharted territory, and maybe that's why I find it so exciting. I love that. Yes, yes. Part, a lot of it comes down to what are we going to choose, you know? And yes, you can you can take the safe route. And and when I was preaching regularly, often I would say, "Oh, that's too much work. <laughs> Go listen to the minor prophets. You know, let's let's stick to the gospels." Um, but every now and then it helps. I think it enlivens worship to, mm-hmm. to move out to the margins. What else is being said? What are we not hearing uh, anymore? And so, yeah, they're, they're there. Those voices are there. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and it's good to, to pay attention to that. I'm, I'm always amazed at the, at the wisdom of those who put the lectionary together, what is covered. Yeah, there are some things that are missed, and I can quibble about some of their selections and some of the connections that they make. But overall, you get a good representation of, of all of the scriptures if you pay attention. Mm-hmm. But well, you've got to take some risks from time to time to do precisely. that. Precisely. And, yeah. and, and to our listeners, we we know how excited you are about uh, the kind of uh, energy that goes into the preparation of mm-hmm. the series. You know what a fabulous job there does. 
with creating these series. And uh, we and we know that we will continue to appreciate the work that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and we hope that in, in addition to Derek's series, the, the work that Diana does with uh, offering music um, references, possibilities mm-hmm. that you might add to uh, your repertoire for the mm. congregation, not just for the what what some churches call special music, which mm-hmm. I really cr- I cringe every time. Me I too. Hear it. Me too. Like, isn't it all special? It's all, all special. special. Yeah, but, it's, right. but you didn't hear it from me. But the the, the <laughs> point is that that she challenges you on all fronts as far as just as Derek is challenging you on the homiletical side. We hope that you will hear what Diana is saying to you about what music resources there are. I mean, they actually exist in our existing resources. If you go That's to right. him, no. Yeah. Um, I can, in fact, uh, I'm going to take a, a, a page from the children and say, I double D dare you to go, <laughs> to, go to the hymnal and find one thing this year that you have not uh, given as a gift to your congregation, mm. teach, teach it to them and sing it throughout the year, irrespective of the season. And I bet that you will find a more vital singing congregation. I don't know. I, I could be just guessing, um, <laughs> but you might, you might have some ideas about uh, things that, that would, would help your uh, worshiping community uh, be energized for 2022. What, what what can we help you with? How can we best serve you? That's our work. That's our ministry. We wanna we wanna be there for you and hear from you as to what you're needing. Um, we may not have all of the answers, but we are certainly happy to engage you in the conversation. So let us know. Send us an email. Mm-hmm. Let us know what what is uh, what is really burning on your heart. And and take a, a moment to look through the website. Uh, of our offerings beyond the worship series. I mean, a lot of us go right to the worship series because that's the immediate need. Yeah. But there's tons of other stuff that we've talked about. Some of it we've talked about. Uh, uh, Diana mentioned article that we posted about choirs and and how to how to build them up after the pandemic. But there are lots of things that are there. We one of the things that I've been doing um, for almost two years now is is putting together the anti-racism prayers. Uh, some of you receive those in your email yes. uh, every weekday, uh, but they're also posted on the website. That's something that we need to keep in front of ourselves as we mm-hmm. continue uh, with the denominational challenge to end racism. Mm-hmm. So we, we lift those up and those are there on a website. We also have some other information about how to respond to disasters. We've just come through another storm of the century. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and how do you respond to that both physically, but also in terms of mental health, mental mm-hmm. and spiritual, emotional health? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have some resources that are there. Just just take yeah. a look and see what other articles, what other teaching, what other uh, yes. resources are there that you might use. Uh, there's, there's and of course, of the, yeah, and the and the booklet that we put together, forming disciples through worship. It's a, a great study for you all to look at and you can download it and uh, create a wonderful book study uh, for the beginning of the next year. Yes. It, it would be good to help re-energize your worship ministry to remember why you're there and you know, we're there to form disciples. Indeed. Indeed. 
Well, it's been fun for us to reflect on where we've been and take a quick look at where we're going. Um, and we appreciate that you've been a part of this conversation. Thank you for joining us today. We hope it was helpful to you as well as exciting to us. And you can find more information at the site, which is umcdiscipleship.org, umcdiscipleship.org. And as Cynthia said a moment ago, please tell us if there's something you're looking for and can't find. There's a contact us link on the website where you can send us an email and tell us what you're interested in knowing some more about, um, yes. maybe a podcast or maybe an article or the resources that we provide. So thank you for listening. And until next time, we'll be praying for and with you and your congregation. So may God continue to bless your worship ministry as you make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. This podcast has been a production of Discipleship Ministries, an agency of the United Methodist Church. Visit all our podcasts at podcasts.umcdiscipleship.org.